0: Hello, and welcome to The Catholic Duluth Show. The Catholic Duluth Show is a parish community podcast serving the parishes of St. Lawrence, Holy Family, and St. Joseph in Duluth, Minnesota. Thank you for joining us today. My name is Dan Roda, and with me I have Father Eli Agiski. How are you doing today, Father Eli?
1: Good. Good to be here on the show once again. Yeah? Big surprise.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, <laughs> I know. It's, uh, uh well, Ian, it's good to have you.
1: Yeah, it's good to be here.
0: It's, uh... It's it's cooled down a little bit. We had a pretty yeah. hot weekend.
1: Yeah, we did. Yeah, it was amazing on Saturday. I went to do confessions here at Saint Lawrence, and it was like, like super hot. And yeah. then yeah, it was after like after mass. Days. It 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 was like felt like like twenty degrees cooler. I don't know if it was, mm-hmm. but it was like remarkably change. Yeah. And what's a good thing because uh, I went up for a mass at Saint Joseph, and they we couldn't figure out how to turn on their AC units. And so we just opened the windows because it was cool outside. It was a yeah. lot cooler outside than it was in the church. So,
0: yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. I yeah I went to 4 p.m. at St. Lawrence. And, yeah, walking in, it was probably like mid-80s, high-80s. And mm-hmm. then walking out, it was like 60s. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that was pretty pretty crazy.
1: Yeah. yeah. And then it got warm again on Sunday. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. It was but interesting.
0: Now it's down to a somewhat normal yeah temperature.
1: Feels like just a normal summer day.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So... So that's good. It's nice to have summer. Um uh but uh yeah. That's that that's what's going on with our, you know, our normal uh every week talk about the weather. Talk about the weather, you got to do that. Min- we're yeah, so, that's what
1: we do. Yeah. And uh, not much else going on this week. We have uh at St. Lawrence we have a meeting for people wanting to hear about the sanctuary renovation proposal that we're putting together so hoping to get some people to come and share their thoughts um i've got a a, a few drawings and some ideas and then we'll see what people think so yeah and other than that we have some weddings on saturday deacon john's gonna be doing the two weddings on one day that's i don't know i don't know if i can claim to have ever done two in one day so good for him yeah
0: yeah yeah that's um quite the, uh,
1: Diaconia <laughs> service.
0: Yeah. He's, he, he, he is living out his vocation yes. by doing a couple weddings. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, um, Hmm.
0: Yeah. Uh, other than that, it's, it's pretty, you know, just same old, same old.
1: Yeah. Going and into summer mode. Yeah.
0: For the, um, for the sanctuary re- renovation meeting, um, my understanding is it's kind of like a, like, hey, like, come and like, have some some questions.
1: Yeah, come and tell us you what know. you think. Basically,
0: yeah. T- tell us what what you think. Yeah, and kind of be like more of like a conversation than like uh, a, a talk or a spiel.
1: Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. I will have some literature. I hope hopefully to hand out. I have no idea how many people come. It's interesting. Like in my experience, these kind of meetings, you always get the people who are not wanting to. The, the people are upset. I guess come. Sure. Everybody else is not like, yeah, great. Um, we'll see. I mean, I, I'll, we'll see if, if, if people are liking it or not liking it. I mean, it's a proposal at this point, so we'll see mm-hmm. uh, what the response is. I, I've heard a few very negative things, people not liking it, and then I've heard a lot of people like, yeah, that looks great, but not like super like, we want this now, or this we have to do this. I've heard a lot of... It's interesting, what kind of brought this up a little bit is people um, have been saying to me all along since I've been here, like, Look at that tile. It just looks bad and we need to take that tile down and uh you know, they want something mm-hmm. different. Um they didn't really come up with something, so I brought in this guide to give us some ideas. So we'll see we'll see what people think of his ideas. So.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um yeah, so so that's gonna be this Sunday, the thirteenth.
1: Yeah, thirteenth after Mass at at the after this eleven o'clock mass at St Lawrence. Yeah. Yeah. So
0: so good. So yeah, that should be um, should be good. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's kind of all the the big things that are going on this week. Um. Uh, until well, later in the week, we have two big feasts. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know about big. They're, they're not big feasts, but they're substantial feasts. Substantial
1: feasts. Yeah. So you know we, we have, have the Sacred Heart it's, on Friday. Yep. It's a big Heart. big day for the handmaids. They do their. Mm -hmm. final vows or renew their vows or there's something with vows on that day um and then i think immaculate heart i don't know if they do something on that day too but that's so friday saturday it's always the friday after corpus christi and the saturday after corpus christi would be the uh friday is the sacred heart saturday immaculate heart so sacred heart refers to jesus's heart immaculate heart refers to mary's heart Mm -hmm.
0: yeah so we're gonna dive into those uh, There's a couple of ordinations last week, so we're going to or, talk, talk yeah. about them. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but before we do that, would you open us in a prayer? Sure.
1: In the, name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace. And the Lord, Lord is with thee. The blessed art thou among Lord women, God. and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy amen. Mary, Mother of God, pray Spirit for us sinners God. now and at the hour of our death. Amen. amen. In the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.
0: Um, yeah. So so we have. Two two feasts, feast of the hearts, mm-hmm, yeah, hearts of Jesus and Mary, yeah, uh, and uh, yeah. I th- I th- I think it's a uh, like, I feel like it's one of those Catholic things where yeah. it's like like oh yeah we're you know it's, it's a feast of uh, the the Sacred Heart and the Immaculate Heart, and but someone who is not Catholic, would be like w-
1: why what is that like, about? <laughs> like yeah.
0: you know it's just like one of those Catholic things that is just makes sense or. It, it, even if it maybe we don't understand it
1: we've heard of it
0: like we heard it and it's not it's not like a, it's not weird
1: doesn't make us go like what hearts yeah. why why are you worshipping hearts <laughs> yeah yeah so why do you have these images of these hearts like what's that all about yeah yeah
0: yeah yeah, yeah, yeah cuz i mean a lot of places you can go around and see uh you know the the image of the sacred heart where it's you know his heart's outside of his body mm-hmm. and same with i mean like the immaculate heart mm-hmm. and you know there's, there's like thorns on it and there's like mary that has like the swords piercing it Yeah, yeah. And just like fire what sometimes is, yeah like what what's going on with this what is that all about yeah catholics just get weirder by the day yeah
1: yeah no it is interesting you know but it, it all has a an origin so
0: yeah, yeah, no. maybe to like start off, like, why do we even need to have the the feasts of Jesus's heart and Mary's heart? Like, why can't we just have a feast celebrating Jesus and Mary? Like, yeah,
1: no, it's because they're not very interesting people. No, <laughs> no, uh, no. It, it stems from um, the fact that through different apparitions and different um, mystical experiences, there's been these visions where Jesus has revealed his sacred heart, or or shown himself in this particular way to different saints or different mystics over the centuries. And, um, I mean, same with like Corpus Christi that we celebrated last week. Um, that came about because God intervened in humanity in a particular way, and, and the church said, well, let's commemorate this by having a special day. You know, uh, Trinity Sunday, a little different there. It's It's more of a doctrinal thing, like we're celebrating the fact that Trinity and kind of it gives us a day to talk about specifically the Trinity and stuff like that, but then yeah, like Sacred Heart, um, Jesus appeared to uh, Saint uh, Mary Alacoque and shared his himself and and talked to her and and wanted her to be promoting basically this this uh, devotion to his Sacred Heart, basically um, his great love for humanity with his human heart, his great love for for us and. So they begin to promote the the devotion to the Sacred Heart, the image of the Sacred Heart, the First Friday devotions. All of these things stem from these visions that that were had by different saints. And so um, it's not like we just decided, well, you know, let's have a—we'll have a feast for the heart, and we could have one for the big toe and, you know, one for the liver. I mean, no, like Mm -hmm. the the heart represents something it— you know, when we talk about reveal your heart, we don't we don't remain, remain, we don't talk about the physical heart in the same, in the same sense as we just mean like show me your soul, help me to understand what's on your heart. you know we say that phrase um, but there's also a, a true sense of the physical heart. you know when Jesus's heart was pierced on the cross with the lance, blood and water flowed out. So um, there's a sense where Jesus pours himself out through his sacred heart, through, through his love for us. And so there's all these th- sort of things that are connected to that imagery. And so that's kind of all brought together in this feast of the sacred heart.
0: Yeah. And I feel like the, like Jesus gives us what we need, like for specific times,
1: mm-hmm. yeah, you know, that's like, good. that's a good insight.
0: And so, so it's, I, I think it would be one of those things that the, The message of just not just the message of jesus like gets boring like that's not maybe what i mean but like he knows that during specific times of the world or just history like we need different things Mm -hmm. we need different support maybe we need something specific from him
1: yeah yeah Uh, that's true i think and so so this this
0: is kind of one of those things
1: i I would say all apparitions to some degree are, are that it's we already have everything we need to be saved, to be knowing Christ, all that. But it seems that God still interacts in a miraculous way in human history by these apparitions and these different events that happen to bring about conversion, to bring about um, trust in God, all these things. So I would say the Sacred Heart is definitely one of those things. And you know, the Immaculate Heart, we recognize connects to the sacred heart so jesus and mary um, are connected and so uh, if we go to the feast of the presentation where mary and joseph go to the temple they present jesus to be um you know dedicated to god and circumcised and all that um they meet simon and he gives us a little prophecy about um you know your son is going to be great and um, all these things, um, but then he gives this little thing of, of Mary that your heart will be pierced, um, a sword will pierce your heart. And so th- we, as Catholics have always understood that as when Jesus' heart is pierced by the lance, because she's so intimately connected to Jesus, um, it's like her own heart being pierced. And so that's why we'll see an image of her heart, the Immaculate Heart with the swords and with the crown of thorns and all these things um, to help um, us recognize that there's this connection between her heart and Jesus' heart her life and Jesus' life so um, so yeah and then there's the uh, the devotions the first Friday used to be like the day when you would go do communion calls because you're supposed to receive communion on the first Friday nine consecutive Fridays of the month mm-hmm. or nine months first Friday of the month and um, you know there. so that's that kind of became this thing. Like that's when we're gonna do our first Friday calls because we want to get all those people who are homebound, give them communion. Uh, some priests still do that. I try to get it in somewhere in the month. I can't always do it all on on that first Friday. Um, and then for Saturdays also became a thing. Um, I forget the number, um, but yeah, there's a similar sort of thing where you go to Mass on Saturday, receive communion, and all these things. So it's a devotion um to our lady and to our Lord in their hearts. So
0: Yeah, and um you know, I just I think it's interesting to look back on those devotions that aren't super present right now. Mm-hmm. Um like I know people who do those devotions. Yeah. Um, but they're not as popular, mm-hmm. maybe, or mm-hmm. even as like advertised as like the Rosary or the Divine Mercy Chaplet. I feel like those are like some right. of like really big devotions currently. Right. Right. Whereas uh those, you know, you might see them see in like an article about it or hear it in like right now. You're mm-hmm. like, oh I didn't even know that was a thing.
1: Yeah, right, right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh no, that's that's probably true. You know, things do tend to kinda of come and go, um, as you were saying, kind of according to what God seems to be directing. So, you know, like the scapular or the the different fraternities that have been over the centuries, or the different you know, the the uh knights of Malta for instance, like they they still have them over there, but there's not too many people around here going, I want to be a knight of Malta or I wanna Knights of the Holy Sepulchre or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, like these these different things that have been traditionally around, um they kinda of have their time and, and and God uses them. So yeah.
0: Yeah, so, so the the Feast of the Sacred Heart, it was first celebrated August 31st, 1670. Yeah. So it's... It's
1: been around a while.
0: Been around a while, you know. Yeah.
1: When did it become universal? Was that the first universal or was that just more local? Um, Maybe it doesn't know, say. No,
0: that's a, that's a good question. Yeah. I don't Because a lot of these I feasts will,
1: will kind of go through a progression where they're more of a local feast and then eventually they become uh, more elevated at a certain point. So like Divine Mercy, for instance, that was... Local in Poland, for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, then it was rejected for a while, I think, and then it came when John Paul II was pope. That that's kind of when it became big again, and he really helped that devotion take off. So,
0: yeah, I don't have it here. Whether that was uh, right. the, the right. local or the yeah, um, kind of universal, but um, but so roughly around the end of the 1600s. Yeah,
1: I mean, it's been around for a while. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. 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 I mean that, that that's. A, a good chunk of years. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, uh, the immaculate heart of Mary, that's more recent. Yeah. Right. Um, so that was, um, when I was researching this, there was a lot of things that seemed like they were connected to Fatima. Mm. I guess, I don't know how familiar you are with that, but, but I wasn't, I wasn't sure. So I guess I'm not sure how connected it is to Fatima, but it's around the, the, like the same time. Um, it's like the early 19th or 1900s um when it kind of took gained off. yeah like took off and but then uh it wasn't really until um well, the kind of beginning of World War II where sure. um Pope Pius kind of like put the entire world under like the protection of the Immaculate Heart Immaculate Heart sure and then um hmm. uh th- th- there's a lot too cuz w- didn't like John Paul II like he bless or like dedicated the world to the consecrated the world c- to consecrated him, to, the, to the world, to the Blessed Virgin Mary, Immaculate Heart,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. I think which that,
0: which that was one of the promises from Fatima. That's one of the
1: things that she asked so, the Holy Father to do in Fatima, yeah,
0: yeah. So so there's you know, um, maybe maybe that's the connection I was thinking of. Yeah, but just lapsed on, um, yeah. So so that that's kind of quite a different um, or a little bit more recent, um. But like, how would you maybe explain like the immaculate heart of Mary to people? Because I feel like for the most part, people understand like, uh, like Jesus is God, so uh, uh, like that, like logically, I guess his heart would be pretty uh, important, mm-hmm. like his, his 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 love for us, mm-hmm. you know. So I think I think people can like make it there even if they don't like understand all the maybe the
1: theology or theology whatever. or nah, anything. Nah, but but
0: sure. f- like for Mary, like you know, so we, we know that she was immaculate, Immaculately immaculate conceived. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we get that, um, that word immaculate in yeah, there. So, yeah, so yeah. there's, there's kind of like that connection, but like get yeah, how, like what makes her heart that Special. important.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think it, it's because of her, um, connection to Jesus, obviously. I mean, sometimes we'll say things like, um, Jesus came to us through Mary. And so he wants us to go to him through Mary, so it's kind of like she becomes the, the, um, median or or the, the, the kind of the go between the bridge in a sense, and or the gateway. So Jesus wants to share Himself with the world through Mary, and He's done that in various ways over the centuries. Um, but it's also just her, um, her own connection with Jesus. And the fact that everything that he experienced, she also experienced in a very personal way because of her relationship with her son. Like, so um, his pain on the cross, we we say that two hearts were pierced when his heart was pierced. Uh, Even though he physically experienced the passion, she, because she's the mother of Christ, experienced the passion in a very profound way as well. So she is there. So in that sense... She has that same ability to, um, and part of this comes from her sinlessness that she can connect. There's not sin or whatever, or self-interest or whatever in the way of her connecting with us, but she, she is our mother. Um, and in John's gospel, behold your mother, behold your son. So John uh, stands in the place of humanity and Jesus says to him, behold your mother. You know that basically she becomes our mother now, um, and so she has this role of of being the mother of the church, the mother of the the faithful, the mother of the disciples of of Jesus. And so her heart has a special connection to Jesus, and it also has a special connection to us. And that she empathizes with us, um, she prays for us, our wounds, our hurts, our experiences of difficulty. She Uh, in her motherly way, as a mother does, very often experiences those in in a slightly different way, but it also also very intensely experiences those those struggles. Have you ever talked to a mother about one of their children that's struggling or having a hard time? Um, They take it very personally very often, Mm -hmm. and it's hard for them, and they suffer, and it's like, why is this? You're not suffering. You're not there. Why, Why are you taking this so hard? And it's like, well... It's my child, you know? So they they seem to have a particular connection. So if if a a sinful person, a person that is not perfect can have that same or that strong connection to their child, here's Mary who has perfect charity in a sense, perfect um, ability to empathize with others. And so she does. And so she's a very powerful intercessor in that regard.
0: Yeah, I think it's like commonly said that like a mother's love is like one of the strongest loves like just in like human love. Mm-hmm. And so when mm-hmm. you think like okay the wo- the woman the mother the perfect mother with her like perfect son like that's got to be even yeah deeper and stronger.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, and and then I think there is some something to the fact that Jesus chose to come through Mary to us. And so um in a sense, she's still that gateway now, yep. even though Jesus has been born, he's lived, he's died, he's risen. Um, but there's still a sense where he invites us to go to him through Mary. And that's what the total consecration is about, if, if you've heard of that or dealt with that. That's a another realm of Marian devotion that is not totally disconnected from the Immaculate Heart, but a, kind of a different nuance on it. So.
0: Uh, one other thing that this made me think of is so in uh, Luke chapter two, uh, and I think this was kind of right after they go uh, and have the, the presentation, um, but then also when Jesus when they like forget Jesus in the, at the temple or he runs away I don't know, yeah. <laughs> but but then they go back and he's you know basically teaching these scribes uh, scribes and... in, in in the temple and but it, it says like like mary treasured all these things and pondered them in her heart Mm -hmm. and so uh and i think it maybe says that like once or twice in like in in, in scriptures but you have to think that all the time that mary just like experienced jesus be jesus whether he was just a kid or as an adult Mm -hmm. and all the times that she just like saw something happen and she just like pondered it in in her heart and see like there had like It just made me think, like, there's got to be a connection there, too. Like, she's, like, kind of what you are saying, like, she knew him the best on Earth. Mm -hmm. Like, just, like, as a human person, but then also just, like, probably emotionally and spiritually. Mm -hmm.
1: Um, Yeah. And mothers notice things. I mean, I was at my sister's yesterday, and my oldest nephew was eating something. And I can't remember exactly what what he was doing, but uh, she was just kind of smiling to herself. And she just made it kind of a comment like yeah you know mothers get just to notice things about their kids and it just gives them joy or whatever something like that I'm like huh like I was watching them eat too but I didn't get any special (laughs) little (laughs) little (laughs) whatever insight into life from just watching that but no I think just kind of that point of there's a particular connection between mother and child mother and son so yeah yeah
0: Um, maybe the, the last thing as we, uh, kind of wrap up talking about, um, the sacred heart and the macular heart be, it's not all like about like necessarily like joy either. Like, Mm -hmm. it's not just like happy go fun time or anything. Like, I feel like a lot of times when it talks about like the sacred heart and the macular heart, it's like, yeah, them being pierced and on Mm -hmm. fire, Mm -hmm. which on fire might not be like burning, but, um, but, but, but just this idea of like the sorrows of Mary, and how it's almost like, like a tool for us to like really, like connect with them when we're going through like
1: our own sorrows. Yeah, yeah. our own sorrows. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, no, the um, so we switch into the seven sorrows. So, yeah, yeah. So there are the seven sorrows of of Mary. So these are different points in her life. So the prophecy of Simeon. That's what I alluded to in the presentation. Uh, when he talks about her heart being pierced, the flight to Egypt, so fleeing from Herod and his wrath and trying to kill the the newborn king, the loss of the child Jesus in the temple, so in the fifth joyful mystery we pray the finding of Jesus, but this is pondering the loss of Jesus. Those three days where they were like looking for him, like where is our son? Uh, Mary's meeting Jesus on the way of the cross, so as he's carrying his cross through Jerusalem, the the crucifixion at Calvary, Jesus being taken down from the cross, and then, of course, the burial of Jesus um, in in the tomb. So these are the seven sorrows, and to ponder them, I think with Mary, we are all going to have sorrows in our life, and so to have somebody to ponder with or somebody that's pondered these before us and can kind of share... You know, when we're when we're hurting and when we're in deep distress um, because of loss or because of some sorrow, a lot of times words fall short, and it's like you don't you don't need to say anything; you just need to be with that person. And so I think, in some sense, the church offers us these seven sorrows of Mary to ponder, and to kind of be with Mary um, when we are sorrowful, and also to kind of, in a sense, be with Mary and and not that we can console her in the sense but we can we can enter into the sorrow that she experienced um and and be, pay attention to that and and understand that here's this perfect woman this woman who is without sin and yet look at what she had to deal with and so we who are sinners we shouldn't be surprised when we have to deal with um sorrows and difficulties in our life we shouldn't be sitting there complaining to God and saying why me why why are you allowing this da, da, da. i mean we will right because that's human but um, when we get a little perspective of the seven sorrows of Mary it maybe helps us to say okay this was asked of the holy family of Mary and joseph and mary uh, walked all these difficulties in her life um, I guess i can you know gear up a little bit and say okay I'll I'll hang in there i'll i'll walk this this path too so um i think that can be a helpful way to deal with our own sorrows at times is to, to know that we're not alone and that mary yeah. totally understands us
0: yeah yeah i think it's uh yeah i think that kind of summed it up and it's it's it, it, it's great that like the church has things for us when we're joyful it has things for us when we're sorrowful it has now, whatever we need, the church has something there to, yeah. like, help us to, I guess, encounter Jesus, right? Right,
1: right, yeah. Yeah, all those little devotions are there for a reason.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Yeah, so, great. Um, well, the, the kind of final thing before we close up is uh, I want to talk about uh, the ordinations a little bit. Sure. So, yeah. we had uh, two ordinations last week. On yeah. Thursday we had uh, a Trent uh into the tr- transitional the mm-hmm. um for uh Scott Patterson. Scott Patterson who's yeah. now
1: Deacon Scott. Yeah, Deacon and Scott. And then
0: um Friday there was a priestly ordination.
1: Yeah. Father Trevor Peterson now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. so so that's that's exciting. I, I went to the um I went to Deacon Scott's ordination on Thursday which was which was fun. It was it's was good. It's just it was great to, I mean, it's always cool to go to ordinations yeah. to see just the ordination happen. Cause like for the most part, people don't really go like unless they know that person, yeah. like unless they're like a relative or a, a friend, mm-hmm. they probably don't go. Like, um, but but I, I like I think it would be just really cool to to go as long as there was like room, which I think yeah. both of these both of them had were, room, like ha- had room. They were they're like open to to, to the public. But just to go and to just experience an ordination, um, I'm sure it's, like, a, kind of a deeper level if you know the person. Yeah. But but, um, but it's, it's just cool because it's so different than any normal, like, liturgy. Yeah. Like, even, like, when you go to, uh, it's probably similar to a wedding. Yeah, similar. So the, the, there's some things you're like, oh, okay, like, I kind of understand maybe why they're doing that. But I feel like for the ordinations, there's just, like, a whole other level that, uh, because it's, like, after they get ordained, then there's, like, the, um, I I I don't forget what what it's called, but like w- when they welcome each mm-hmm, other, mm-hmm. and so it's like so on Thursday when Scott's got ordained a deacon, like all the deacons that were present like came up and like gave him a hug, mm-hmm. and like welcome welcomed him into the mm-hmm. diaconate. and then uh, similarly like on Friday, um, like all the priests would come and like kind of like just like give him a hug and just like welcome. Or I don't, I don't know if they do do, do do like the like the like, the, like priest like ha- hand. Yeah, thing, first or, we do the hand hands for
1: for for the um. So the bishop lays hands on the guy for priesthood and he's ordained and then all the priests go through and lay hands on the person, except, uh, if there's any other bishops, they don't get to do that. Cause it's like, we, you don't, you don't get to take this guy. He's ours. Uh, <laughs> and then, uh, and then after that, there's the, the welcome thing where you give him a hug or, mm-hmm. you know, it depends on some, some do the, the Roman thing where you like grab their elbows or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Thing, yeah. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's, it's, uh. It is it's exciting, and um you know it's funny because you have this guy who comes here he's just a lay person, and then he leaves a deacon or he comes as a deacon now he's a priest, so um it's like that there's an ontological change there it's it's pretty cool, like you're a different person now, so yeah, yeah.
0: and it was funny'cause i was so I was home in Brainerd two weekends ago, and um. Scott lives around there, so I saw him after mass. And we were just talking, and it's funny because uh once you, when you go just from like kind of layperson or you know seminarian into a transitional deacon, you can't really do anything. Like you can baptize, and you can like bless food,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but that's kind of it.
1: Yeah, you can like, you can witness a wedding. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. serve at the altar, but yeah,
0: but, but that's really all you can do. So you can't really do much, but there's no going back. Like, like that's really the the big like change because there's like, no, I've committed my life yeah.
1: like to God through
0: holy orders.
1: I'm celibate now for yeah. the rest of my life. Like
0: I'm celibate <laughs> and I've committed to like Prayer. simplicity mm. and um like the office.
1: Obedience to your bishop.
0: Yeah. And so like, there's all like all the big things happen for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you can't really do anything. Yeah. <laughs> and right. then, but then when you be, get ordained a priest like, that's, you've already been living on all these, you know, promises for like a year, mm-hmm. um, but you get, uh, but then you get to do everything. So I, th- I think it's just we were like we we're kind of talking about it. It's like yeah, you're, you know, <laughs> like your life drastically changes, but at the same time, nothing really changes. <laughs> like the so I don't know, yeah, yeah. just interesting to think think about.
1: <laughs> yeah, I can't remember. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's probably not worth bringing up. But yeah, there's yeah. there's there's a. There's a lot of a lot of jokes among clergy about, you know, transitional deacons and like, you know, if you do something goofy that first year, any or you know, well, that year where you're deacon, everybody's always going to say, oh, now you're going to be the permanent deacon, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's, it's like, oh, if you do if you mess up or whatever, you make a mistake, they like, they're going to just say, well, he's not he's not good enough to be a priest or he's not ready to be a priest or whatever. So those kind of jokes are like. Always being said in the seminary. Sure. <laughs> so, yeah. But uh, no, it's it's good. It's good. It's a good brotherhood. Good to bring um, those guys on. And yeah, we could definitely use some more clergy. So mm-hmm. it was funny. Uh, I don't know if he's if he if Bishop Felton said this at the um, deacon ordination, but he said it at the priesthood, he's like, you know, I just keep thinking. We should, is there anybody else that wants to get ordained? Is there anybody else that's ready? Like, let's just let's just keep going here. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. but uh, I think. Yeah, it takes a long time to prepare for holy orders and then when the day finally comes it's like you go from like one minute like like you say I can I can do very limited things and now I'm a priest and now I can hear confessions and all these things and it's like people just expect that you know all this stuff and that you're yeah. you're ready, you know. <laughs> I think the first time somebody asked me for confession I was like, "Uh, yeah. Yeah, I, we can do that." Uh, but it, you know, I didn't have the. I I had been been practicing the prayer, the prayer of absolution, but in the moment, I think I kind of stumbled through it. It was kind of embarrassing, but you know, that's what happens when you're yeah. doing it your first time. Yeah,
0: yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. It, it it. I feel like it's it's really humbling too. Um, pr- probably for like both like the priest and the layperson to like see somebody, and um, like even when like Father Matt Miller got ordained last year, like he was a freshman when I was a sophomore in college. Hmm. And so it was like the first person that was like younger than me Mm -hmm. get ordained and calling him like father Matt now and like going to confession with him. I was like, this is so weird (laughs) because of just like the, just like the, the, like human component of it. Mm -hmm. Um, But then be like, Hey, but God, like God's working through this, you know? And um, so like, that's just, it's, it's, it's cool. And it's, you know, it's like humbling to like see all that happening, even though like, you know, she stumbled through the act of or contrition or, absolution prayer like still like god still, still blessed that yeah, you know yeah, exactly um yeah. so like yeah it's, it's cool to see like god work through that um uh one like kind of notable notice uh noticeable thing was just kind of just being able to like go to a mass with bishop felton like yeah. that was really cool yeah you know it was it was good to just get to like hear him more yeah Right. And uh, like at least I I I kind of was kind of tuning in and out of the the um, tr- uh, Father Trevor's ordination, but for Deacon Scotts, like just like his homily, like he, he was funny. He mm-hmm. was like just cracking jokes, mm-hmm. um, which w- which is cool too. Too just to see like you know it's a serious thing, but he's also just like being himself and mm-hmm. kind of like lighthearted and,
1: yeah. and yeah. just kind of fun. So yeah, I should have mentioned maybe you are aware of this. The tomorrow. There's a mass for the deanery. So I think it's open to anybody who wants to go and then there's a, a dinner afterwards for the priests and seminarians or something, but that's at the cathedral at five thirty. So I oh, think right. That, Yeah, right? I think that's open to anybody. Um I think it's five thirty. Let me just double check.
0: That sounds right.
1: Five thirty. Yeah. Yeah. So just as like he's gonna go around to all the different deaneries and do a mass and basically be with people and get to know the priests a little bit and so yeah, should be should be good. We'll see how many people come. So
0: yeah, so so you'll be able to kind of meet them yeah. tomorrow. I I did I mean, meet
1: them finally. Uh, I think one of the days of the ordinations I did just kind of introduced myself real briefly. So sure. But yeah, yeah. So yeah.
0: Yeah yeah, it's cool. Um, you know, it's a really exciting kind of niche part of our faith that we don't get to you know yeah. really just once a year we get to, to, to do this so uh there will be another transitional deacon in october yeah uh daniel hammer over in rome over in rome and yeah. then he'll
1: get ordained a priest here yeah right yeah. so um he's got together probably next year
0: yeah so. so 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 that'll be you know really great um yeah. i would uh, yeah i'd i'd try to get people to, to to go to it, you know, it'll, it's, it's always it's always really cool to witness ordination. So um yeah, well, that's all that I have. Uh do you have any any closing thoughts, Father?
1: Um no, the, the um, you know, this week we celebrate Sacred Heart, Immaculate Heart. Good days to be praying and asking for graces from God and um yeah, just encourage all of you to continue to uh, invite the Lord into your life in a powerful way. Um, you know at the end of the day, all of us are called into this relationship with Jesus and um, these devotions are all a matter of helping us connect with with the Lord. and so um, hopefully we continue to desire that and seek that out in our in our lives. so yeah, thanks for uh, hosting the show.
0: Yeah yeah, thanks for uh, thanks for being here, Father. Thank you everyone for listening. Uh, We hope you have a great rest of your week and we will catch you next time.